This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Rich Fronin is, dare I say, Mr. CrossFit. The guy has won the CrossFit Games individually and as a team 10 times. If there is a name synonymous with CrossFit, Rich Froning is it. Rich now no longer competes in the CrossFit Games, but he has, has really switched his career and he switched his mindset because he wants something else to challenge him. And hunting and being a hunter is that thing that he sees that can drive him and challenge him. And so naturally, I wanted Rich to be a part of Blood Origins and what we do. And gratefully, he said, yes, I want to tell people my story. And so this is Rich raw authentic talking about hunting and him becoming a hunter it's it's one of the the things that we love the most about blood origins is really getting into these mainstream communities and being able to talk educate inform people that may not know anything about hunting the intricate details of our heart when it comes to hunting so enjoy So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Everyone good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, why are you clapping? I gotta line up the audios. No, I know. It's an, but oh. this is an audio podcast, so. Oh. <laughs>
Oh, you guys don't do video? <laughs> Typically, we don't. Oh, nice. Typically, we don't. Nice. But um, since I, I quit using Squadcast, Squadcast is like an internet program for yeah. podcasting. Just had so much problems with it and whatnot. And uh, we just went to Riverside, and Riverside is recording video. So I was like, yeah, oh, might, as well. might as well start recording video. Get a little video, backup. You know? <coughs> I get it. Yeah, we, we do a little bit of both, but mostly ours has, we get that studio right back there. Right. So. Well, we haven't. I haven't gone into the YouTube space, but supposedly the YouTube space for podcasting right now is huge. We took a, about a year off of our podcast, and it was YouTube, and it would get you know three, four thousand views, and then mostly on iTunes or whatever. Yeah. That's where it'd get the brunt of it. But yeah. Since we've come back with video, it's back. It's like twenty, thirty thousand views. Well, they have a podcast specific playlist, yeah. and that's something that they're really People pushing. Pushing. Okay, algorithm, man. YouTube yeah. algorithm. Yeah. Well, they're pushing it because they want to. They want to compete. They want to push against Spotify. They want to push against Apple. Makes sense. And so, you know, YouTube is, is it? YouTube's king right now. You, you, we're giving the the Welsh boys a good taste of the southeastern summer. You sweating already? I see. It's just Always hot sweating. and humid, man. That's the way <laughs> I am. I'm I'm a heavy sweater, so it's uh. Well, I felt bad this morning. I was like, okay, yeah, I was going easy. Yeah. I just sweat. But I don't I don't sweat a lot. I do. I wish I didn't. That's <laughs> the one if I could change any one thing about myself, it'd be how much I sweat. It's it gets to the point down here where you just you can't grip anything, you can't yeah, do anything yeah. because you're so sweaty. Uh-huh. So yeah. So let me ask this question. You're wearing a hat that says hunt on the y- front yep, of it. Yep, yep. If we had to poll uh-huh. the CrossFit community. Okay. And we poll them to say International? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People who know Rich Fronin. Right, right. Does Rich Fronin hunt? <laughs> I think they would know. You think I th- so? I, uh, yeah, I think uh, of the CrossFit space, I would say probably 75%. I'm okay. pretty vocal about vocal. What, about, what about rewind the clock five years ago? Five years ago, probably not. Okay. Um, I didn't really have anything of substance to post at that <laughs> point. You know, like nobody really cares if you kill a, a duck or two. Um, and then... You know, I <coughs> I think the kind of the diehard people would know that I hunted, sure. um, especially on Train with Rich. I mean, uh, what's Rich doing? It's which we have kind of our, all of our programming and programs that people can follow, and there's one track mm-hmm. that everybody can do exactly what I do. And so mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll put, went out and hunted this morning, walked 5K or whatever it was. Yeah. And so those people would probably know, diehard people, but I don't think um, up until probably – I'd say probably about a year ago, most people didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Rich Fronin, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, it's, uh, it's our honor. Um, this is, you know, you're the kind of person that, as I said to you earlier today, it's these big mainstream communities, and CrossFit is a big Huge. mainstream community, yep. international community, yep. in which hunting shouldn't have a bad name right exactly because you know you guys are you know you're in the paleo space you're into good eating you're good good nutrition healthy clean healthy outdoor lifestyle perfect should uh completely line up you know so you 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 sort of one thing that i wanted to talk through is you know people today 75 percent of them know you're a hunter Mm -hmm. because of how vocal you are right and you said, well, I didn't really have much to post about yeah. five years ago. But did you talk about hunting five years ago? Um, I don't I, – I bet if you looked back probably five years ago, you know, there was a – I want to say I killed my first turkey. 
out here. It was Easter. It was Good Friday. Oh, and this is rolling, yep. rolling, rolling, Tennessee, beautiful, eastern thick hills. Yeah, turkey eastern country. Turkey, thick in here. They're, they're man. You'll look out here anytime. You got some good turkeys on oh, here. Oh yeah, yeah, some good ones. So the first one I killed was just over that tree line over there, and I, I mean, I still can remember the day and the morning and the smells. They were and, hammering and the oh, hammering. We were actually we were done. We'd went out, didn't hear anything. Yeah. And um, my one buddy had to go to a kind of a church thing at, um, and so we're talking and. We're like, oh, we'll come back about 11 o'clock, maybe some of the yeah, find some one of the that's find one that's, you know, hadn't found a hen right, and right, the hens perfect. have gone to lay, I right? I so many people who kill turkeys, At good turkeys. 9, 10 o'clock, yeah. 10 to 2. Everyone's yep. gone home. You, yep. like, sneak in. Yeah, find but, one hammer. But this was at 7 o'clock, and we go to walk, and it sounds like there's a World War Three going on over there. And so we're like, all right, let's go. And so we kind of get into position, and it's up over this little rise of a hill. And my buddy starts calling about 50 yards behind me. And it sounds like Jurassic Park. It was the weirdest. They had to be fighting or something. Mm-hmm. And one one dude comes up on over, and so um, about fifty yards shot him, and yeah. and that was my first turkey. And yeah, I'd tried for a couple of years, and you but know, you had hunted before that though. A, a little bit, not a ton. Um, I had a friend. His dad got me into it, and the hard part for me was when I was an individual. Uh, that's all I thought about was training and competing and anything that what messed you mean when with you were an individual, uh, individual athlete. So oh, I had, okay, okay. you know, five years where I competed as an individual and won the CrossFit games for those years. And meant to be the best in the world at any one thing, you know, you have CrossFit, to, you have to be obsessed. Yeah. And yeah. so hunting for me was hard getting up at five, six AM. It's going to throw off my training schedule. Sure, and sure. so, um, you know, some days it, I, I did a little bit here and there, but when I kind of switched from the individual to the team side, um, that's when I really kind of got into hunting more mm-hmm. because I could still train and I was still obsessed with competing, but I could still had time for other things in my life. And, you know, I had the kids and um, that's when I really kind of got hooked on it. And um, it's it's been in my family my entire life. But So did you grow up hunting? So that's, you know, my – I have uh, several – my family's really big in Michigan, okay. and I have a couple uncles that are really big whitetail. They do the whole big like, white family hunters. deer camp. Oh yeah, goes yeah. Off the, I mean, the it's holes and they're stuff. they're into it. And yeah. I did a couple of those. Did a couple deer drives, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I never um, killed anything myself, but was on a couple hunts with my uncle. Killed something, and then down here, whitetail is they're just different. They're smaller. They're mm-hmm. more you know. Uh, it's a different. Game. It's a different game. Yeah. And my food t- plot game. Yeah, exactly. Food plot management. And my dad is a. I, you know, I've, we talked about it earlier. We have to move. And my dad's very, my mom and my dad, the two harding, hardest working people in any room. So they were always moving. And so sitting and waiting was not good for my dad. And then having your son who's not good at sitting and waiting and he's mm-hmm. not the most patient and mm-hmm. I'm not the most patient. And so mm-hmm. uh, I remember several times seeing dad walk out of the woods in the morning, but you know, we never really, it wasn't a huge thing in my family. And then I had a buddy, like I said, I told you this earlier, but a buddy, uh, he did some CrossFit with us, and his dad was like, hey, Charles. I call him Uncle Charles. He's not no family relation, but he's Uncle Charles. Yeah. And he's like, come turkey hunting with me. And I'm like, all right, I'll go with you. And from that moment, I was hooked. I was in. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for four or five years. Because yeah. it's an interactive It's hunt, interactive. Right? It's it's off- offensive. You know, we were talking about that right. earlier. Not that whitetail isn't. You've got to pattern them. It's hard work. It's almost a lot of pre, pre-work. Mm. I like to be, you know, listen, move, uh, watch, move, spot, mm-hmm. stalk, that, mm-hmm. that. That just, that's just in my nature. It's who I am. Do you know who, um, have you heard of the name Scotty Legault? I have not. He's a snowboarder. Okay. Big snowboarder, pro snowboarder. Yeah. 
and he's in he's out of Maine. Okay. Maine Woods. Oh, okay. And I think up in the northeast they do spot and stalk whitetails. Oh, okay. But it's in the snow. I could do that. Yeah, and what they do is you find you drive the roads early and you find a buck track that's yep. gone across the road. Yep. You park right there and you find him. You follow him. Okay. And you follow him I think all I could do that. day. See, I could do that. We did that with an elk one time. You yeah. know, we were up at elk camp. We were walking out just to go to one side of the road, and we see tracks. And you knew it was a bull, and we were like, let's go. And for eight hours, me and Father Stephen tracked. And and now I know that we just kept bumping him. You know, like you'd see a spot, and you should – next time you talk to Father Stephen, ask um, ask how much he likes to eat in the woods. <laughs> he okay. we were We were tracking, and once I get in mode – I forget about everything else. Eat, whatever. Yeah, Eat, stop, whatever. And so right. we're tracking this thing. It's middle of the day, and usually we'd stop about lunchtime, sit, have a little snack, eat, whatever. And, it, it, I mean, we'd nonstop from sunup till noon, 1 o'clock. And this is our last day to hunt, so I'm I'm going, right? Right. And he looks at me. He's like, are we going to eat? And I'm like, go ahead. And so he gets down and starts opening his bag. And you could see him, like, looking at me every once in a while. And he's speeding up and look, speeding up, grabbing <laughs> his stuff. And finally he just grabs his stuff. He's like, all right, let's go. And so, you know, we uh, we get back to the – get up to the top of the hill, and we're kind of done for the day. We had a – we can only do a more or less a half day. We get done about three. And, you know, we kind of call it at this point. We'd realize we'd just keep pushing sure, it, sure, keep sure. pushing it. And uh, he looks at me. He goes, man, that was fun. He goes, I need to apologize for something. I'm like, what? And he's like, back when you wouldn't let me eat, he goes, I was thinking bad thoughts about you. <laughs> <laughs> And that but, says something coming from a Catholic Exactly. Priest. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I was not, I was not, uh, you know, it's not what I should have been saying in my head. And I'm like, hey, I get it, you know, but yeah. I'm, you know, I just, when I get something in my head, that's what I'm going to do, you know, so. Well, big props to Father Stephen. Oh, Father Stephen's the man. Because literally, we podcasted with him and it's, it's one of the biggest um, downloaded podcasts we've had because As you know it should him. be, yeah. He's, he's the best. incredibly intelligent. Incredibly intelligent. Down to earth. philosophically. Yep. Down to earth. He can relay it well. Right. We've had some of the, my best, and St- Father Stephen's become one of my most fun hunting partners. And, mm. you know, we've become super close in the woods over the past uh, four or five years and has become. How did you meet him? The CrossFit Games. Uh, he was the chaplain. The no And we just kind of, you know. Traded numbers, and then he found out I was into elk hunting, and we went to a um, we went out west to uh, Gunnison, yeah. and me and him we mesh really well. We have similar you know mentalities in the woods, similar mm-hmm. you know obviously mm-hmm. faith wise, and uh, man, Father Stephen, like I said, he's a brother. He's yeah. he's a good dude, and yeah, we've yeah. we've shared a lot of good memories, and man, I can just the the memories flood back, and that's yeah. what's special about hunting, you know, yeah. like those memories. And we came up to a wallow one time, and he turns around and looks at me, and he's like. Look over my shoulder. I'm like, I can't see. He's like, look over my shoulder. Look over my right shoulder. And I look, and it's a bear. And he's trying to knock an arrow. It's a black bear. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, we everybody scat. There's four of us. We scatter going after this bear, all with arrows knocked. Right. Run up. He runs up the hill. I run up the hill a different way. And all there's four of us. Yeah. And so we all get. And you look around, and you can't see anybody. Mm. We're all completely split. So what's the one thing you do? You go back to the spot where y'all split, yeah, for right? Sure. Three of us did that. Steven didn't. <laughs> and so we're, we sit there and we wait. We eat lunch. We're like, all right, we'll eat lunch. We'll let Steven come back. Steven never shows back up. So we're like, all right, cool. So about an hour or two, we're like, well, he'll figure it out. So we start walking around. And it was funny because the same route he went is the same route I eventually took. 
and we come walking up over this hill, a couple ridges over, and Father Stephen just sitting on top of the hill eating lunch, and we're like, how does that happen? Yeah, Other than, exactly. you know, we just hunt together so yeah. much that you just know. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's become a special friend, and we have that bond, you know. Yeah, he, um, like, we did the podcast, we stayed in touch and whatnot, and he said to me, he's like, would you be interested in, um, you know, potentially talking to Rich Ronan? And I'd look, you, this morning, as I said, this is the first time I was in a CrossFit gym this yeah. morning. I've done CrossFit wads. Right. Um, knew your name. You know, knew who you were. Right. And I was like, uh, and especially for Blood Origins and the next sort of generation, I was like, you know Rich Fronin? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. really well. a good mate. I, I'll introduce you. And this was like, I think, this was in February yep. of this year. Yep. He's like, oh, I'm going to go up and I, th- I think I'm going to turkey hunt with him and I said, okay, okay, okay. Then he just inst- like just randomly DM'd me. He's like, hey, you still interested in Rich? And I said, of course. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to text message you and Josh Bergeron okay. together. Get you hooked up. And then he connected us, Josh cool. and I together, and Josh and I connected. And I was like, you know who we are? You're like, you know Blood Origins? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, the f- yeah, I was like, just, again, I'm completely humbled. And, yeah, you heck know, yeah to what we do and the people that know what we do yeah but it's cool what you're doing and that's what needs to happen it's education you know no people don't know people don't know it's almost like a we're like a generation or two away from you know losing it if we don't we're a generation or two and a guy a young a youngster out of new zealand he captured it like this he said we're a generation or two away from people not knowing how to camp it's it's bizarre Mm -hmm. it blows my mind the basic skills that basically would have kept us alive for however long basic skills not even you don't even have like even going out here and hunting in the yard yeah you know i do that with my kids on the regular and and they're now pretty uh, other you know nine six and five but i feel like they're so far ahead of even like 20 and 30 year olds Mm. because you know i don't know if parents just either forgot about it or didn't think about it or what but it's 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 scary Mm. (laughs) i wonder if it's life just being too busy too busy or too easy uh-huh. too easy i think you know like life is you can we can make life as easy as we want to we think it's hard mm. you know when we look at our phone we think everything's hard but life now is not hard compared mm-hmm. to what you know well, our grandparents had sure. or even our parents you know we're generations away from like just 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 things that internet you know like i can remember when the internet wasn't a thing yeah. You know, I'm right at that like yeah, me too. I I used the sure, internet sure. in, you know, starting in high school or middle school, but still like you think about life before that. How did people communicate? You know, that's the problem or not the problem. It's not a problem, but we just got to learn and not forget these things. Yeah. So let me ask this. As soon as, you know, you're you're a pretty famous individual, lots of people following you and whatnot. I just work out a lot. <laughs> yeah, you do. A lot. Like we worked out a lot today, didn't we, we Josh? Did. We that did. was a lot of workout. No, don't lie. It's not a lot of working out. <laughs> it's a lot of fitness. No, it's n- like it's normal. Come on. It's a morning session. That's a fifteen that's a good, percent a good, session for it's you. It's a good morning session. A good that's morning. A solid. How many sports. sessions do you have a day? Usually two. A morning so and two afternoon of those. session. Yeah, yeah. Usually We're not doing that. an afternoon today, are we? We might a little bit. <laughs> we'll just let you do it at your own pace. Okay. We're all about uh, infinite scaling. That's the be- beauty of CrossFit. Is you know you did. You did the same workout, just Correct. a little bit different, okay. and you yes. got a similar stimulus to where you're at in your fitness Correct. as I am in mine. So yep. that's that's kind of the beauty of CrossFit, I think. Yeah. Is everybody can do it. So, did you? And I want you to sort of think back, and maybe it's just your personality, but did you have any thoughts or 
yeah, really thought to like, hey, I'm getting into hunting more now. I'm not going to tell my community about it. Um, because, again, because of the negative connotation. Yeah, perceptions, I think perspectives. Th- I think there's definitely, there's a little apprehension or was a little bit. You're like, oh, what do I show? What do I not show? What's too much? What's not enough? Um, but I've also learned over the years with my faith. I mean, I'm super vocal about my faith and mm-hmm. who I am in that. Um, and I've I've kind of have that it's a similar feeling if that makes sense of like oh, at 100%. first at first you're like do you i know, put myself out here you're exactly reluctant. because exactly. you know not am everyone's I, christian not everyone accepts can christianity I, can i back it up you know especially when i was early on in my faith can i back up what i actually believe you mm-hmm. know and same same with hunting you there's almost a little bit of apprehension because you want to say yes i hunt and then when people start because people are always going to attack and how do I defend that if I don't know the answers to that? 100%. And so I think what you guys are doing, yeah. having those answers for people to fall back on. Um, and then also the older you get, you realize what does it matter what mm-hmm. what the the loud – what the there's the silent majority and then you have the loud minority. Mm-hmm. And mostly most of the time it's the loud minority that has a problem. And there's probably people that have a problem with it, but they just move along with their day, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like we don't have to, you know, be so divisive on everything that we do. Yeah, but it's a symptom of today's society. Really, really is. Like everything is everything is divisive. Everything has has to be left and right. There's no middle ground. Middle. We can't be in the middle ground. And I've talked about that several time on podcast times on podcasts, and we talked about it this morning. I can respect vegans and vegetarians and their beliefs. I don't agree with it, mm-hmm. and I don't have to agree with mm-hmm. it. Just like they don't have to agree with me hunting, but I'm going to do it. And there's laws, and I'm going to do it. But what gets me, we talked about, was the people that eat meat mm-hmm. and are against hunting. That that one, That's a weird I one. can't level with yeah, that it's one. It's a little hypocritical. Extremely hypocritical. Yeah. No, it's funny. I the When people say, like, we have obviously, we interact with a lot of different people through all social media. Mm-hmm. Like that's, what our, that's our front, that's the battleground, right. essentially, for what we do. And we get tagged into a bunch of different things. I got tagged into your post for yep. your elk and... Um, I got tagged into this one post about like trophy hunting. That's like the biggest thing, right? right. Like, and I gave a response, and <laughs> there was a vegan that responded off to me, and said, "I'm a I'm a bleeding heart vegan, and even this guy makes sense right, to me." Right, right, and that's the way it should. Well, and the thing with a vegan and vegetarian, what I like about them is really at the end of the day, if you start push, if they like, they won't listen, they won't listen, they won't listen, and you say, "Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's just take a step back." What do you want? You you are purposely choosing a lifestyle that has removed you, sort of absolved you from any sort of animal abuse, animal taking of life or anything like that, right? And they say, yes. And I go, let's talk about wildlife. What's, what's your goal? You, what do you want to see for wildlife in the future? And more often than not, they're going to tell you, we want to see wildlife for our kids and our grandkids one day. I'm like, huh, so do I. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we want more wildlife. Huh. So do we. And we just have, you just have two different mechanisms to get it done. To go and, and, and do the same thing. Yep. Yes, you may not agree with us taking a life, but at the end of the day, the goal is the same. The goal, and, and you've got examples around the world, all of everything, elk. Elk. Use elk as an example. You've got elk in Tennessee now. Exactly. We have one up five miles. I showed you a, vid- yeah. a picture. Why? Why do you have elk in Tennessee conservation? Because the money and tax dollars that hunters have put in yeah. 
goes towards that reintroduction and the habitats. Yeah, and they w- and it's and it's a value, right? So yeah. now all of a sudden, oh geez, you got elk in Tennessee. Tourism. Oh man, am I going to be able to hunt elk one day? Hope so. Oh yeah. How much money is going to be generated from a it? A lot. You know, Pennsylvania. Like we again, these are just good, you know, good data points. But Pennsylvania bear season, right? Your Michigan also has good yep. bear season. Pennsylvania has a bear season. Every year that bear season generates three and a half million dollars for Pennsylvania game and fish. Okay, they sell over three hundred thousand bear tags. Ninety-five percent of the bear tags are opportunity tags. Yep. You buy your whitetail license. Oh, I'm just going to add, add another on. ten bucks. Add on. If I see a bear, tag. yep. Okay, a thousand two hundred bears get taken. It's like one and a half percent chance <laughs> of you killing a bear. Exactly. Okay. I do it every time on elk in Colorado. What unit are you hunting in? X unit. You want Buy a, bear, a bear, tag? bear tag? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not? How many bears have you killed in Colorado? Zero. This is an audio medium. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's the same thing. It really is. Zero. It's crazy. Yeah. So it makes perfect. Know, s- uh, how many elk tags have I bought in Colorado? Oh my gosh. Four. How many have five. you killed? Two, two, seven hundred dollars each tag, mm-hmm. seven fifty. Mm-hmm. So you killed a cow as well. Killed a cow. cow elk? Yep, yep. Cow meat. Amazing. That's where it is. So I killed a cow elk last year in Colorado. Yeah. Drove it home, sixteen hours. Yeah. And I had one full hind leg left, and I had already moved the ice cream out of the <laughs> ice cream freezer and stuffed it full of meat. There you go. I was like, I said, Lisa, I'm. I got. What a am I gonna do? Well, yeah. I and I gotta eat it. No, I had to order another freezer. <laughs> I don't, hey, that's what I got. That's my white my white freezer right there. Yeah. It's my game freezer now. I had to order another freezer. Hey, but it's, you know, I'm hunting. I don't have to pay as much for meat, right? <laughs> that's what I tell my hip, my <laughs> wife, you know. Oh, no, it's cheaper this way, you know. Like, exactly. Yep. No, look, and this that's another thing I love to use if you, in terms of rhetoric, you know, the the whole meat sharing thing, right? Yep. So we're going to eat elk tonight. Yep. Share it with your friends. Give it away. Cam loves, Cam Haynes loves yep. to give his meat away, right? Yep. When did you ever hear someone go to the grocery store <laughs> and say, I'm buying 20 ribeyes today. I'm going to give them away. And I'm going to give them away. Not often. Not often? Not often. And the, the meat that you're giving away yep. is better quality than that. And 10 times more, more expensive. expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yet if you're you add willing in to it give all. it away. Because. Why not? You know? It's just part of the part of sort it. of the creed. Creed, the community, the brotherhood. You know, we talked about... Just, you know, I've got the guys that I hunt or that I killed that first elk with. Like, we share that together, you know. It's like, it's Father Steven, become mm-hmm. a good friend. Mm-hmm. That I have, I do have, you know, I'm not a trophy hunter per se, but I, that first elk that I killed, I kept the cape and the, the everything. And so it's, he's hanging on my wall. And every time I walk by that thing, I, those memories come back, you mm-hmm. know. Like, he wasn't taken, like, there's just different things about it. Like, I can still smell the air. I can you know, see him at that wallow. I could still see that cow. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, and all, every turkey I killed, like if I start thinking back, I can think about, you know, just certain things about those hunts. Mm. Do you think, since you've gotten more and more into sort of more physical hunting, mm-hmm. like elk hunting is more physical hunting, you've lived in the fitness world for so long. When did you start CrossFit? Like 2010, 2009, 2009, uh, 22, why 36. You, why 22 did you like say, oh, shit, I want to be a CrossFit guy? So I was uh, getting my undergrad in exercise science. Uh, one of my professors Here, Tennessee, in Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech. One of, uh, one of my professors was the head strength and conditioning coach. 
I was for a, the football team for the football team, mm-hmm. and I was a firefighter in Cookville. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for four years. They paid my tuition to Tennessee Tech. Oh, cool. So the professor was like, "Hey, military, poli- a lot of military police fire are doing this thing called CrossFit. You should check it out." And as they say, the rest is history. I started doing CrossFit, um, and then went to my first Cross. We my cousin moved down from Michigan. We opened a CrossFit gym, and here in Cookville. in Cookville, didn't realize you could compete in it. And then found out you could compete. And we were like, oh, let's give it a shot on the way to spring break. And then I ended up winning that, uh, what they called it at the time, uh, sectional. Okay. Went to regionals, won my region, and then went to the CrossFit Games and got second. So, damn it. rest is history from there. Shit. So, that was, I was 23 at the time. But you had a competitive like. Oh, yeah. My, I'm one of 20, 32 first cousins only on my mom's side. And 25 of us are boys. And Holy so it's – uh, and even our, the girls in our family could probably whip our ass <laughs> half the time. So they're incredibly so athletic huge and huge family. All in here? Michigan. All, all live in Michigan. Michigan okay. um, yeah, all live in Michigan. Relatively close area northeast of so Detroit. So Cookville then? My dad worked at uh, TRW. Was a, um, they made airbags. Okay. And so he his plant moved down here. And then has worked there ever since. I I actually worked there for six months. I went to Walter State to play baseball. Um, Could you imagine what your life would have been like if that's what you did? Oh, my gosh. I know. That's why I did it. I mean, my dad, I came home from baseball because it just didn't work out. It was too far from home, homesick. Um, And my dad was like, well, you came home, you're going to work. And so for six months until I could start on at the fire department, Mm. I just put together airbags. And you talk about miserable. Just same, same thing old, same 10 old, 12 hours a day shit. just putting stuff together so i mean more power to people that do that but i it was not for me yeah and so that's when i found, started working at the fire department yeah so back to what i was th- what i wanted to ask you've obviously been in the fitness game from 22 you're 36 now 14 years let's just say the last five years you've really gotten into yep. western style western. hunting yep did, have you seen something about your fitness game that you're like, holy shit, I'm deficient because I'd never expected X or I never expected Y? Every time I go out there, I'm like, damn it, I should have done this. And so it's been cool. The last couple of years when I come home, I look at, I write, I have a note on my phone that I'm like more, I see movements, you know, per mm. se. And so like today, what we did was um, we did high box step ups and that's to simulate walking over blowdown no, you know deadfall dead man uh, you, you, it's, know, you have no idea no idea it is. until you start doing it it's the most miserable mundane whatever so those high box step ups yep. are to to mimic that um and then pushing a sled is obviously going up a hill mm-hmm. and so like this afternoon i was thinking about doing a little run with a ruck or with a vest you walk, know just walk walk hike, walk, hike yeah, yeah, whichever yeah. <laughs> and then maybe like carry some kettlebells in here mm. or carry some stuff just to simulate Sure. Having a load or, you know, honestly, even a couple things that I've noticed is, is balance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. But you were talking to me earlier. We were talking about how when you wear like a really heavy pack, whether it's full of meat or full of hide or whatnot, regardless of how that pack fits on you, that weight hits like right, right on, on these your glutes. Hips, I got a special. I got a special thing for you to show you how. What what what? You were talking about like a cushion. It's right here. Oh, so that's the the balance. balance thing. And I've then got you were talking thing. about a this belt squat right here. So it's instead of it's a lot of a lot of people use it if you have a low back or a back issue mm. and you can't load up here for squats. Mm-hmm. And so the load sits right here on your hips. And we'll do some marches or step ups and. I'd never even thought about it until last year when we were hiking that elk out 
and these glute meads, glute, you know, minimus. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, By the time I was done, just, it was awful. Yeah. I mean, you can't, it's such a, they're so specialized movements. We don't necessarily hit those all the time. And so if I can, this month or two leading up, I shoot my bow and I hit workouts that I think will prepare me best for the woods. Mm -hmm. I've got three hunts coming up, one September, October, and one November. And so I'll keep that up all fall. All for elk? All for elk. All for elk, yep. And so luckily I have a good base too because I just finished the Leadville mountain bike race. And so mountain biking, um, I feel like, has helped a ton too, just climbing hills. You know, Mm -hmm. we got a lot of hills here, and then Mm -hmm. Leadville is all climbing. So Where was Leadville? Colorado. uh, Colorado. All above 10,000, or you start at 10,200 feet. Jeez. Go up to, I think, 12,000 feet and then back down. And you trained here for trained that? Trained here for that. Yep. You saw that front of that hill on the mountain yeah, coming yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I rode that probably 100 times, and my dad <laughs> lives just up there. So it's about 1,000 feet from the bottom to the top. Okay. And I must have rode that 150 times. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I was prepared. I was, the altitude is one thing that, um, you kind of can't prepare for, but yeah. you need to be ready for. Yeah. You know, about three days is what well, it takes for me. Well, the same thing with hunting, right? Same you thing. You couldn't prep for 10,000 feet. You can't. Unless and hiking in that. You just got to know that first day or two is going to suck, and then yeah. you'll three days in, you'll kind of start settling in. For me, that's mm-hmm. what, it, what it works for me. And then, you know, there's a lot of research says that humidity has similar effects on the body. Not okay. Not apples to apples, yeah, but yeah. pretty close. Okay. So elk is your jam right now? Right now, elk's my jam. Yeah, I just... That's and bow hunting is the jam too? Uh, I'm not a purist. You know, I'm okay. an equal opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, harvester or killer, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I killed... I've I've gone more with a bow. And then last year, um, I won't say it wasn't, wasn't nearly as special, but it was way different style of hunting. You know, sure. I, we shoot... I think I totaled it up to kill that one bull we were public land over the counter tags you know hardest of the hard it took 22 days of hard hunting uh total over across you know four or five trips yeah and then i killed that first that cow within four hours you yeah. know it, with a rifle with a rifle yeah, yeah and so um you know it was it's different different it was different i'm not going to say it wasn't just as rewarding you know Correct. like you know the meat Correct. tasted just as i was good. about to say if not better you yeah. know like yeah and so uh yeah we killed her first three or four hours we just uh-huh. looked back and she was laid up all by herself not even the herd was really? off yeah so maybe there was something to it maybe she was injured or something but you right know one to take maybe right one to take yeah yeah i'm with you like i'm an equal opportunity hunter like yeah. i'll hunt whatever right yep. um but and each one has its like you know when you each one has its special moments right. or whatnot. but bow hunting i can see it's intimate it's close. It's yeah. It's close and personal. Yeah, and it's like you can you get into that per, that that animal's bedroom. Yep. Right. And oh like yeah. Somebody, you're in it. There's a woman. Um, Anna. I'll get her last name. It'll come to me. She's she's got the grand slam of sheep with a bow. Oh, okay. Okay. She's a badass. Yeah, that's a badass. She's a killer. Yeah. yeah. And she said to me on an interview once, she was like, "What I love about it is I can, I can get into so close that I can see them poop." Yeah, and he goes, and she goes, not just poop. I can see like the individual <laughs> droplets come yeah. out. I can see them blink their eyes. Yeah, you know they're real. Yeah, that, like you, that's you and them. You know, and 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 at that point, nobody is. You know, there's no way that you're like, oh, that's unfair. Right, right. You're in their you're environment. in their environment. Your eyesight sucks ass in comparison. Yep. To them. Their Your smell smell sucks ass in comparison to them. They know the habitat. They know everything about it. You're just you're a Transplant. visitor. Yep. Yep. So, 
elk right now, you are built for sheep. Really. I know that's what everybody keeps saying. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not against it. You know, I would love to eventually. Yeah. You know, I would want to go with somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. I'm not gonna. Oh, this I feel like with elk, you can go out. The, the environment you can, you you're can in, figure it out. You yourself. can figure it out. You yeah. mess it up. I messed. We've messed it up more than we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, it, it there is danger to it, but mm-hmm. once you get to the like sheep habitat, mm-hmm. you need somebody that knows. Well, what the and heck sheep doing. is also just like you know, it's very expensive mm-hmm. to hunt sheep. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to do it with, you know, you got to decide: am mm-hmm. I doing it with a bow or a gun? Or a gun. Both are going to be incredibly difficult. Yep. Bow exponentially, exponentially difficult, more yep. difficult. And you got to be set that I may, you may shoot a doll on your first hunt. You may shoot a doll on your fifth hunt. Uh huh. And the cost and the cost is the same whether you do or don't. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I've learned with elk. You know, we're spending the same amount of money. Yeah. You're spending a little bit more if you kill something because mm-hmm. you got to get it processed. Mm-hmm. But um, unless you're a real man like mm-hmm. one of the guys we hunt with, and he processes all his own. But you know. I'll tell you what, you would love. There's a there's a guy in so South Africa. People will go to Africa and they'll bow hunt. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, most PHs, most outfitters aren't bow hunters. Gotcha. Right, they take them rifle hunting. Gotcha. And so more often than not, what what happens is you get stuck in a blind over water, wait for an animal to come in, which would you would die. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. But there's some youngsters now in Africa. There's this guy, Russell De La Harp, with Backcountry Hunters, uh, Backcountry Africa, and a guy called Donnie Geel. Okay. Uh, with African Bow Hunting Adventures, I think is his company. Both of them are young guys mid-20s so they want to go but they're no they grew up bow hunting okay they are bow hunters gotcha they're not just recreational what me and right, you right, are right right but they are that's what they do they do not pick up a rifle they that's what they do mm-hmm. and they've learned and figured out how to spot and stalk heck yeah african wildlife Animals, right yeah and so russell or donnie like you would go you go with russell into zambia and you're like right we're and here's the beautiful thing about africa is that here you tr- you truly aren't hunting yet. And when I say that, right. I say it this way. When you go to Colorado, you've got a bull elk tag in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You have to buy a bear tag to put in your pocket. Yep. Okay. You don't have a mule deer tag. You don't have a whitetail tag. You don't have whatever. Right. In Africa, what you do is you walk out that morning. You go driving. You're like, all right, I'm uh, maybe interested in hunting a sable. Okay. Sable's choice number one. Right. And so you go stalk a stable. You get up close. You you know, you get in the whole adrenaline, 40, 30 yards. You look. Russell goes, mm, not mature enough. Sorry. But you've done everything. Like to get in, you're like, nope. Nope, doesn't count. Doesn't count. And then you turn around and, oh, 100 yards away is an impala. Oh, you want to go hunt an impala? Yeah, let's go. And he's mature enough and you take the impala. Yeah. So you don't know what you're hunting. Or, you uh, are just, just hunting. hunting. Okay. You're a hunting like. That. Yeah. Like like we would have would have been well, doing we would have we had ago. to do Correct. to get food, yeah that's cool. All right. So when you're I ready, could get behind that. Yeah, I when get you're ready. That. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, do a you know, an African hunt, and then I've heard, and you just sit in front of water, and I'm like, ah, I just this no, is just an appeal just, to you me, just you know. Need the right people, and not that it's, and I'm not against that. I just yeah. it's not for me. No, you, know? you need the right people yep. who know what they're doing, who are true bow hunters. And the boys, Jack and Lewis, actually went with Russell. Oh, did they? Yeah, they went in the Impala rut. Jack, how many Impala did you kill? He's laughing. Answer me. Not, a one. not, not a, a one. Not a one. How many arrows do you fling? Three. Yeah, three each. <laughs> Zero impala. How many impala did you kill, Lewis? Yeah. I hit one. No, come on. <laughs> he, did, he hit a cyst on his chest. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but it's just like it is you know these these it's again bow hunting on steroids yep. but it's true hunting with when you get with the right person who yep. knows what they're doing it's just a unbelievable experience that's awesome yeah yeah i like i said i've become addicted mm-hmm. over the, like in the fall that's all i can think of and then when yeah, i get yeah. out of the woods it's just there's something too about being out and it it just feels like that's what you're supposed to do and when you get out of the woods like my wife i think can see it finally and she's like you know what you're a better you're a person better person. A better person when you yeah. come back you know and so yeah. she's she's good with it because yeah. i you know and i can't wait well for it's my tough kids. leaving you know i your wife do hate leaving and leaving exactly. and so i'm ready for them to be old enough to you know like I, I, we were joking, but I'm just trying to brainwash my kids to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. So, you know, they've got their little yeah. bows and Genesis bows and we're, mm-hmm. we're working on it. Mm-hmm. So obviously mayhem athletics, mayhem CrossFit has been you mm-hmm. for so long. And now you've pulled back a little bit. Yeah. You're not competing not anymore. competing, yep. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> still competing in some stuff. I'm not competing at the CrossFit games. Okay. How about that? Okay. Yep. So obviously now you've got other... You've opened up time frames in your daily d- life yep. to incorporate other things yep. like hunting. What is next? I know we've talked about Mayhem Outdoors. Yep, Mayhem right? Outdoors. What is that? Um, I think it's just, you know, trying to show uh, the physical side of how you can use fitness to prepare you for some of these things, you know, these endeavors out outside the gym. You yeah. know, we talked about um, – Cross there's there's almost like two two pieces of CrossFit. You got the athlete side, the like games level stuff. Yeah. And that's one expression of CrossFit. But then we have this whole bigger part that works together with the games, but it's it's the everyday person. Yeah. And so I want people to get out and you know, that's what I did with this mountain bike thing is like show people this whole new kind of thing that you can get into and use your fitness in here to prepare you mm-hmm. for a bike race or prepare you for, for whatever. And so I think there's a huge, you know, parallel with that fitness and I think Western style hunting, but you still got to sure. be in some type of shape to go, you know, turkey hunting and yeah, even, 100%. even whitetail hunting to get up in a tree. And mm-hmm. like we were talking food plots and all that type of stuff. And so, you know, I, what we've learned doing that type of stuff, I feel like we can help support the hunting community with, with fitness and, and yeah. kind of show them some of the things that we've learned along the way and how they can all be intertwined together. Well, especially if you can show, like we were talking about today, show a in movement the, in the, the movement in the field of like, this is what you're going to experience. This is what you're going to come up against. And this is a way to prep prepare for it. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and it's been fun for me. That's, that's how my brain thinks, you know, it's like, all right, how can I make this harder here but easier out there when it counts you know if that makes sense and so i that's just that's just what i like to do and i just enjoy i enjoy the fitness side of it but i enjoy having something to train for Mm. and adventure and you know we with the farm we have this kind of into the storm mentality or into the storm is kind of our go-to where bison out west when there's a storm coming they face it and you go through the storm faster whereas cattle will turn and try to run away and it's you're in this storm longer okay and so the idea is in life, you know, we're not seeking problems, but you do want challenge because that's where we grow. That's where we find ourselves, what we're really made of. Um, the good things in life come when it's harder. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and that's why I try to like tell my kids, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not as much fun when stuff's given to you. You know, when you earn it, like, you know, my wife was so, this bike race, you know, I'm like, I got to get sub nine. And she's like, why do you got to get sub nine? I'm like. She's like, are you going to be a professional mountain biker? And I'm like, no, but 
if I get sub nine, I get a I'm giant buckle. belt buckle. Yeah, yeah. She's like, <laughs> you have gold What's medals. You me? have all this stuff. Why do you want a belt buckle? I'm like, because it's earned. You know, like if yeah. you get sub twelve, you get a belt buckle, but if you get sub nine, you, you get, get the a real one, bigger belt buckle. <laughs> and so she's like. We can buy that on Etsy or something. And I'm like, I don't want to buy it. I want to earn it, you yeah. know. And so for me, it's, it's just my mentality. I'm not a and huge, it's like. essentially killing an elk the way that you. It's competitive. It's, it's a competition. It. It's a competition, too. You know, if you think about it. And for me, my whole life has been last. A competition with who? That me and that elk. Okay. You know, like okay. I'm trying to figure out. And he's trying to he's trying to figure out how to stay alive. And I'm trying to figure out how to kill, to him. kill him. Yeah. And so it's f- my last 12 13 years has been a spectator competition everybody watches and sees and critiques Mm. out west it's just me and that animal Mm. it's a competition but it's not Mm. being watched so i don't know if it's hard to like it's it's more of like it's more of an internal fight yeah it really is it's it's hard to to i guess put into words to people that you know i like that's just been my life it's been competition my whole life Mm -hmm. you know from the time i was a kid till i am now and so i need some type of competition but that's a different style of competition. Even this bike race. Like, I knew I wasn't going to win. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm just not a, a specialist in bikes. You didn't think about winning? I mean, obviously, <laughs> I want to be the best, do the best that I can. Um, but but still, it was like me against the clock. Sure. You know, that nine-hour sure. nine clock. I'm like, yeah. all right, you know, what are we going to do? What and was so, the time of the winner? Uh, 5.43. He set no a way. world record really? on it. He, he beat the original record by 15 minutes. Holy smokes. Yeah, so I was cli- about to start climbing the biggest climb called Columbine, and the halfway up, and he was flying down. I'm like, damn. And what was most impressive, nobody was – I never saw another person come at me for another 10 minutes. Jeez. He was hauling. It was impressive. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so I just – there's just something – you know, it's mm-hmm. hard for people that you know because mm-hmm. you've been out and you do it. And I want other people to experience that, you know, and like, and there's different styles of hunting and different types of hunting. You know, it's not just, I think people, especially around here think, oh, some redneck in his truck sitting on the side of the road waiting for, you know, and, and poaching. Mm-hmm. No, if you do hunting correctly, there's laws, there's limits, there's, mm-hmm. you know, I think what you were doing and educating people on that mm-hmm. is huge. And what people need to see that it's not just some redneck going out with a gun and, and 100%. Hunt, you know, just shooting whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it's, and, and that's the, the thing too, is like these, the people that say, you know, well, that animal is going to die a peaceful death. Have you seen how wolves or look, mother nature is is a cruel, vicious, vicious, exactly vicious. And it's, you know, no death is, you know, I'm not going to say no, because I don't like it speaking in absolute. No. For the most part, starvation, disease. Being eaten, you know, alive as you can't move, kind of story. That's what that's what happens. That's in nature. nature. That's yeah. nature. Yeah, they're not going to die this peaceful death. And and humans have been part of the food chain for mm-hmm. forever, long time. You know, yeah. so I don't understand why. You know, I, I that that's hard well, for it's me just to the connect. disconnection. Disconnect. At the end of the day, it's a it's disconnect, disconnect of you. We live in a time where your food comes to you f- through grocery stores and supermarkets, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it does separate you from the act, the act of taking something's life mm-hmm. to convert it into the food that you enjoy eating. Yep. End of story. It really is. Yeah. Look, my man, I really appreciate it. I'll tell thank you, you this. From the hunting community's perspective, you probably don't ever hear them say thank you. So I'll say thank I you. I appreciate it. I from pre- their, on their thank behalf. Thank you. Yeah. Because you speaking about hunting, speaking the right way about hunting, 
understanding why you hunt, all those things. When someone watches you, and there's a lot of people that watch you, that don't understand hunting, are non-hunters, and even, honestly, the, the 60% majority that sits in the middle, right. that really has a no opinion, they're neutral, right. oh, I don't care whether one way or another, and they see you doing something in the positive, right? you know, slightly positive, slightly, you know, yeah. that's all that's doing is reaffirming to them when they hit a ballot box, when they see something come across the television about X hunting is bad, X and you're like, that doesn't look like anything like right. I'm used to. No. Or I've seen from right. from you. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Well, uh, I've had good parents and good good people ahead of me that, you know, laid that foundation. And I think that's our job is to lay that foundation for future generations or else, like we said, you know, it's it, there's gonna come a point where they're gonna have to take care of themselves and yeah. Hopefully they can. And you and then just, you got at Bill. The, just at the end of and the podcast, you you're like I can hear you wrapping up. Yep. So I'm gonna bring you You wanna throw the ball? This ball. Can you sit? Good, Good boy. boy. Ah. Go on. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Join Captain Justin Leak and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.